Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 30 called, You Have Turned My Morning Into Dancing. In light of what's going on with our country, I made some discoveries with the backdrop of this psalm that are even more compelling and fit so much with what we're going through today. Uh, psalm 30, we've entitled it, You Have Turned My Morning into dancing. You've turned my morning into dancing. If you are looking at your Bible, you probably have a heading at the top, and it says something like this, a song at the dedication of the house. It could be the dedication of the temple, and some versions may say the house of David. It's not uh, completely uh, open and shut in terms of what the house represents there. But I will tell you this, we know in the history of David, he had a desire to build a house for God. And he said, I live in this cedar house, but what about a house for God? And he had expressed his desire to build the house. And God responded to David through the prophet, I will build a house for you. Eventually, David did not build the temple because he was a man of blood or a man of war, but his son Solomon actually built the temple. But David began to get things going with the uh, things that would be needed for the temple. And I'll tell you a little bit about what I believe is the backdrop of this uh, psalm in a moment. But uh, the building of the house is really an interesting thought, and I'll leave it there for a second. Just we'll come back to it in a moment. Father, as we open your holy word, holy is your name. May you show us wonderful things, and may you be glorified in your church. In Jesus' name. Amen. The psalm opens, I will extol or exalt thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted or drawn me up as from a well, you could think of. You've drawn me up or lifted me up and has not let my enemies rejoice over me. Now, I would tell you that as we open up this psalm of David, this psalm can inform our prayers tonight. We've been talking about praying over our nation, praying for the church and certainly there's a lot here for us to be thinking about. I want you to notice that the psalm opens with a psalm of praise. I want to exalt your name. I want to give feet to my faith. I want to give voice to my gratitude. And so David opens with, I will exalt you because what you have done is you have lifted me up. You have drawn me up. As we study the life of Moses, we will see that the name Moses means to be drawn from the water. Later, David will write, you've lifted me up from the miry clay. Salvation is about being lifted up by God. He has lifted us up from the miry clay, from the mire of our sin. And so we're to exalt him because he, in one sense, has exalted us in the sense that he has lifted us up out of the, you know, the penalty of sin and of death. Now, it's quite possible that the backdrop is found in 2 Samuel 24, you have the first five books of Moses, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, first and second Samuel, Kings and Chronicles. What you want is second Samuel chapter 24. And let me show you what is a possible backdrop to this psalm. Now, the psalms have some history to them, and sometimes it's very clear and sometimes it's not. What we're going to find in this particular psalm is that David appears to have either a very serious affliction 
or a fatal illness from which God healed him. So the idea is being, being lifted up out of the pit is literally he thought he was going to die. He thought either this affliction was going to overtake him or whatever he was going through in terms of a disease was going to kill him. This is what at least some scholars believe is the backdrop of Psalm 30. Take a look. It's 2 Samuel 24. There's a parallel in 1 Chronicles 21. And it says, verse 10, Now David's heart, 2 Samuel 24, 10, troubled him after he had numbered the people. We don't know why he numbered the people or why it was a problem. Most conjecture says it was an issue of pride for him. So David said to the Lord, his heart troubled him. And I'll tell you what, as a Christian, whenever we sin against God, whenever we compromise ourselves, have you experienced this, a troubled heart? And I think a troubled heart or conviction from the Holy Spirit is a good sign. What worries me is when people can sin and they're not troubled. But if you're a Christian and you're growing in your faith, there are going to be things that maybe even you used to do that didn't trouble you at all that now trouble you. And it could be your language. It could be your actions and so forth. There's a lot of things that you can think about. But David's heart troubled him uh, after he had numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I've sinned greatly in what I have done. But now, O Lord, please take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have acted very foolishly. A very honest word of repentance there. When David arose in the morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, David's seer or prophet, and he said, go and speak to David. Thus the Lord says, I am offering you three things. Choose for yourself one of them, which I may do to you. So Gad came to David and told him and said to him, shall seven years of famine come to you in your land? Or will you flee three months before your foes while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days pestilence or plague in your land? Now consider and see what I answer. I shall return to him who sent me. Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us now fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great, but let me not fall. Do not let me fall into the hand of man. I'm not going to give an answer. Essentially what David says, I'm going to leave it up to the Lord. So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning, just remember this language, until the appointed time. I would conjecture here, it could have been that same day or maybe days later, I don't know for sure. And notice the heartbreak here. And 70,000 men of the people from Dan to Beersheba, that covers really the, the tips of the north and south of the state of Israel or the nation of Israel, died. So this plague swept throughout the nation. And if you just think about the context, uh, it was something that David had done. God was going to discipline David for what he had done. It sounds like it had to be serious enough for God to offer these three options. And it may sound strange to our ears, but God is holy and he judges sin and he even judged David. And we know David was judged radically after his sin, his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. And here, when he counted the people against the Lord, and there's uh, in First Chronicles 21, it uh, talks about, I think it talks about Satan rising up against uh, the, the nation or against specifically against David. So there's spiritual stuff going on. But the Lord sent the pestilence. And so 16 says, when the angel stretched out his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it, the capital, the Lord relented from the calamity. 
said to the angel who destroyed the people, it is enough, now relax your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Arna, the Jebusite. He was a prince, is the name, the way you define his name. First Chronicles has his name as Ornan, the Jebusite. Then David, 17, spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking down the people and said, behold, it is I who have sinned. It is I who have done wrong. But these sheep, what have they done? Please let thy hand against me and against my father's house. David says, I'm the problem. Let me suffer for it. So Gad came to David that day and said to him, go, go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arunah, the Jebusite. And David went up according to the word of God, just as the Lord had commanded. And Arunah looked down and saw the king and his servants crossing over toward him. And Arunah went out and bowed his face to the ground before the king. And Arunah said, why has my lord the king come to his servant? David said, to buy the threshing floor from you. The threshing floor is where you separated the wheat from the chaff. It was typically up on a high hill so that the wind could catch the chaff and blow it away. And the wheat, which was heavier, would settle to the ground. That's how you separated the wheat from the chaff. That's a picture that Jesus uses in the New Testament between believers and unbelievers. The wheat is the believer. The chaff is the unbeliever. So David said, I want to buy it in order to build an altar to the Lord that the plague, notice, may be held back from the people. And Arunah said to David, let my Lord the king take and offer up what is good in his sight. Look, the oxen for the burnt offering, the threshing sledges and the yokes of the oxen for the wood. Everything, O king, Arunah gives to the king. And Arunah said to the king, may the Lord your God accept you. I'm going to just give it to you. However, the king said to Arunah, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price, for I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and burnt and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Thus the Lord was moved by entreaty for the land. Mark that, Bible students. He was moved by entreaty or prayer for the land, and the plague was held back from Israel. Now, when I was thinking about sharing this psalm with you, I did not know that one major view of the backdrop was this scene and David being uh, chastised by God through a plague. And I don't think I have to tell you that this coronavirus or COVID-19 has been called a plague a plague on our land, uh, a plague wherever the origin ultimately is. I don't think at this point it really matters. It may matter to some, but it's here and we're dealing with it. And I do know that right now California has been hit really hard. And uh, there are people in the medical field that are saying that the hospitals are indeed overwhelmed. And, you know, that may be different from hospital to hospital, but there's a lot going on. And there's a lot of people struggling with the virus right now. And some people who are not doing well at all. Uh, stories that I have firsthand knowledge of where some people are not doing well at all. This thing gets into your lungs. And if you have underlying health issues, it can be very dangerous and even deadly. And uh, this is where we are right now. And we could be asking questions about why. And let's turn back to Psalm 30. And I will just say this to you that... Uh, what we know in the sovereignty of God is that minimally he has allowed it. We could talk about causes all day long. 
direct causes, indirect causes, but God's allowed it and we have a plague and we don't know really when this is going to go away. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. There are people in the medical field that are saying that the hospitals are indeed overwhelmed, and you know that may be different from hospital to hospital, but there's a lot going on. And there's a lot of people struggling with the virus right now. And some people who are not doing well at all. Uh, stories that I have firsthand knowledge of where some people are not doing well at all. This thing gets into your lungs. And if you have underlying health issues, it can be very dangerous and even deadly. And uh, this is where we are right now. And we could be asking questions about why. And let's turn back to Psalm 30. And I will just say this to you that what we know in the sovereignty of God is that minimally he has allowed it. We could talk about causes all day long, direct causes, indirect causes, but God's allowed it and we have a plague and we don't know really when this is going to go away. And, you know, people have been talking about returning to normal and we've heard doctors and the like say, we think we'll be back to some sense of normalcy here or in this year or this season. And we just don't know. But we know that there was a plague among the people of Israel, and it had so impacted David. And I don't know if David got sick during the plague and was about to die, or if he just experienced what he had done and the impact on other people. And that's always so painful. In fact, it's sometimes easier to take it for us personally than have it happen to somebody else. If the consequences of our actions hurt somebody else, that can be even more painful. And sometimes when I found myself praying for people, I've said, Lord, you know, uh, please heal them and let it happen to me. Sometimes you just feel that way because you want to lift people's burdens from them. And that's David's heart. And uh, that's, that's really what he asked of God. And in the beauty of, of God's mercy, of course, he does relent. And it all happens at this place called a threshing floor, purchased from Ornan the Jebusite. You guys realize what this place is? This place 
is where the temple was built. The temple was built on the ground of the threshing floor that David purchased from this man. And God, as he always does, orchestrates something that looks so terrible for good. And the temple, uh, the tabernacle, and then the temple would be built on this spot. And I should say the temple would be built on this spot. And it would be built by David's son, Solomon. Here's another interesting thought. Do you know that holiness in the original language that Moses would have written, holiness, that word, is defined by Dr. Seekins in the original Hebrew picture language as what comes out of the threshing floor. Holiness comes when the wheat is separated from the chaff in your life and in mine. And God says, I'm holy, and I will be treated as holy. And this site where there was a great plague and God stayed his hand on the capital, on the holy city, this all started, this all came as a result of a plague, and then God relented when David built the altar there. And I would suggest to you, this is something for your consideration, don't have to be dogmatic on it, that the dedication of the house, the heading of Psalm 30, is probably the original site of what would be the temple that would be built by Solomon. Now, you want to talk about layers in your Bible, you want to talk about how the Holy Spirit reveals things and you just go, whoa, wow, whoa. Well, there it is. And David, when he writes Psalm 30, is rejoicing over the goodness of God. Back to Psalm 30, verse 1. You've lifted me up. You've not allowed my enemies to rejoice over me. The enemies of God and of David would have been so happy had it all ended for David right there and had the story gone around. Yeah, David numbered the people because he got puffed up by pride and God uh, caused a demise to happen to the people of Israel because of David and David died in it. <laughs> have you heard some people even in our day who are mocking people who have died of the virus? Because they think that the, the person didn't take the virus as seriously as they should have. And they're calling the people COVIDiots. And they're mocking people. And there's a, there's a pastor in another city. I don't agree with everything he teaches. I mentioned this to you in a previous message. But, you know, he was kind of uh, whatever picture he was painting about the virus. And he got the virus. And people were going on the church Facebook page saying, I hope he dies. I hope he dies. Wow. Oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord, my God. I cried to thee for help in the midst of this trouble, and thou didst heal me. That's, that healing seems to be a physical healing. Oh, Lord, thou has brought up my soul. So this could indicate uh, something deeper like spiritual, perhaps both from Sheol, Sheol is literally the grave. It could speak of the underworld. And thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. The pit would represent the grave, but something even more dark, the unknown place of the dead, if you will. And you've kept me from the pit. In Exodus 15, 24, God says, I will put none of the diseases on which, uh, on you, which I have put on the Egyptians, Exodus 15, 24, I, the Lord, am your healer. 
I am your healer. David makes it personal in verse 2. He says, oh, Lord, my God, you did heal me. I don't know what the Lord lifted you up from. I don't know what your past has been. I don't know what you had created and where you were and how deep the pit was. But we all have something to celebrate tonight, don't we? Because when we get saved, God delivers us. He lifts us up from the bondage of sin and death. He gives us the ultimate deliverance, the ultimate healing. By his wounds, we are healed. And that speaks of our soul or our spirit. But here David is rejoicing in a healing that he has experienced. And he went through because of pride. And God judged him or disciplined him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul talks about a thorn in his flesh that he had received. And I want to just show you this as a cross-reference because I think that there's application here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, all the way to the New Testament. And uh, Paul had, had all these incredible revelations. He wrote this incredible doctrine that he had received from the Lord Jesus Christ about the cross and the resurrection and the, the day of the Lord and the rapture and just so many incredible things. And he says in verse 7, 2 Corinthians 12, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, because God is opposed to the proud, he will oppose you if you're proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, notice, a messenger of Satan, which 1 Chronicles 21.1 indicates that Satan rose up against David, to torment me to keep me from, notice, exalting myself. Then he talks about praying over that thing, that thorn, whatever it was. And the response from the Lord was, my grace, nine, is sufficient for you, for power or my power is perfected in weakness. And then notice Paul, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. See if this could be our attitude. Therefore, I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, what your Bible say? Then I am strong. Back to Psalm chapter 30. David went to the healer. He was afflicted and the Lord healed him. Psalm 119.67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Psalm 119.71 says, It was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The very remembrance of the past, says Spurgeon, should tune our harps, even if present joys be lacking. At the remembrance of his holiness, holiness is an attribute which inspires the deepest awe, demands a reverent mind, but still gives thanks at the remembrance of it. Holy, holy, holy is the song of the seraphim and cherubim. Let us join in it, not dolefully as though we trembled at the holiness of God, but cheerfully as, as humbly rejoicing in it to remember where God has rescued us from. And, and sometimes I have to tell you, because God loves us, he disciplines us. And so some things that we go through are the, from the direct hand of God. And I'll tell you this tonight. If you decide to rebel against God and his word and the Holy Spirit has been convicting you, one thing that you can take to the bank, <laughs> you may not hang this on your refrigerator, but here it is. You're inviting the discipline of God into your life. If you get prideful, puffed up, you, you start not walking with the Lord. Daddy 
loves you too much. And so he will discipline the one that he loves. You've been listening to You Have Turned My Morning Into Dancing, part one on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 30. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch Pastor Michael's sermons and the full services with worship when you follow our YouTube channel. Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. And we would love it if you can join us for a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning service. But if you live outside of the area of Southern California or you're unable to visit us, you can always watch Living Truth Christian Fellowship on our YouTube channel. The best way to find the videos is visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. Again, visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. And just one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner too. $5 a month is greatly needed. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 30 called You've Turned My Morning Into Dancing. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.